Now breathe in and out. One, two, three, breathe, breathe, breathe. episode of Stoned and Social. I am Nat and this is the podcast where we get stoned and then we get social. You guys know I had to bring B back from Wavy Flower Company. What's going on y'all? You're having a good day. I keep calling you in my head like Woo Flower Company. I feel like you guys are due for a brand change right that, now. That's a great mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a great name actually. I don't know why I didn't think of it. <laughs> Too stoned, too stoned. <laughs> it happens. So I know that we've been we've been doing Pride this month, and in recent years, there's been a lot of representation in the culinary landscape that's finally started to highlight diversity in mm-hmm. the industry. And I know we got a long way to go, but some individuals are working really hard to make sure that there's a spot at the table for everyone. I, I feel like that, don't you? I do feel like that. Yeah. And I like that right now it seems to be a good understanding that baking is about more than just buttery pastries and colorful cakes and is being echoed across the LGBTQ community. And so for Pride Month this June, we really wanted to highlight one of our favorites about the intersection of baking and identity, as well as how their baking embodies some of these soft radical powers that is needed to facilitate the change. So with us today, we have a licensed Michigan marijuana program caregiver and edible engineer Pearly Baker Edibles. What's up, Pearly? Hello, hello, Wu Tang Gang in the house. <laughs> Love it. Hi, B. Hi, Nat. Happy to be here. Thanks for having us. Now, we always ask, like, what are you stoned on today? B, what are you stoned on? You go first. I know what you're stoned on. Well, yeah, I, I didn't plan on it being Kratom today. I planned on messing with some CBD because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, got, I got a chill today, but nope, I can't. All of a sudden, I panicked, and I had too much to do, so I hit up the Kratom, my red my red vein Bali. You need to get off this red I know. <laughs> there are so many different flavors of Kratom. <laughs> She just, I think she's addicted to this like Energizer bunny feel. Right. The reds do that. Yeah, the red will hype you up. It I will. Mm-mm. Yeah, switch to a yellow. Yeah. I haven't done yellow yet. You know, I need to do some more. Yeah. You do. Rainbow, exactly. I'm yeah. the rainbow. The rainbow, appropriate. Exactly. There you go, child. <laughs> <laughs> you have inspiration now. <laughs> As you guys know, I am taking a tea break until summer solstice, and Mm -hmm. oh man, again, I really regret is setting in, but I've only got a little bit more before summer solstice, so I, unlike B, I'm actually taking CBD. I didn't have, like, I didn't fall into a kratom pile, so... I'm taking some original hemp and they sent us some really cool stuff this season. They have little tincture packets that are just 33 milligrams of CBD. And so it's, uh, I've got the fresh berry tincture. We'll show you guys on Instagram what it looks like, but they're, uh, they're just CBD. So they're good for your joints and stuff, but it won't Mm -hmm. get you stoned. So I'm a little sad about that. What about you, Pearly? What are you smoking or using today? Well, those sound amazing, actually. I love CBD. Mm-hmm. Um, I I particularly like it for some of my patients who need more THC uh, and they can't possibly take as much THC as they need because of the psychoactive properties. Mm-hmm. So I supplement them with a lot of CBD so they can take more THC. So it's a, I like CBD. Yeah. Um, I, today, have just opened up my cure. <laughs> of wavy flower companies yes, yes, uh, yes. Oregon hooch yes. and let me tell you what a pleasure that was to grow 
just a phenomenal grow. And so I cured it. And today was my first day being able to smoke it. So I'm so excited. Yes, it's wonderful. It is so wonderful. I can't wait to share it with everybody. So, Pearly, now you own a small batch craft cannabis edibles company in Michigan. I do. Tell us a little bit about Pearly's world, as you call it, and <laughs> cannabis, because we're all about craft canna here. I uh-huh. have said, when canna goes mainstream, I will never buy from Amazon. You guys say that as a sound clip, play it back to me always. I will never buy weed from Amazon. Never buy weed from Amazon. That's Fuck. right. Fuck. Unfortunately, I think we're heading in that direction. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't want us to be heading in that direction, but I think we are. People love convenience. So what I offer, and that's probably not convenience, <laughs> but I offer, um, I, I grow everything that I use inside of my edibles, and I also do whole flower edibles. Um, so I'm a little different because a lot of, companies edible companies use uh just distillate or mm-hmm. uh and I, I think i kind of find distillate a one-trick pony i'm always talking about it online because people don't understand what's in their edibles they just right. take an edible because it's an edibles and there's a mm-hmm. there's so many different um <clears throat> things that you can put in an edible uh, products that you can put in an edible that would make you feel way different ways so um, so I practice whole flower edibles. Um, I also use in-house RSO that I make here. Mm-hmm. Um, super cool. Yeah, yeah. It's a wow. RSO is beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's just beautiful things. So, um, so you know, and then I do just uh, regular infusions: butter, flour, sugar, salt, um, and some cooking oils. I do as well. So. Um, yeah, I Pearly's world is kind of a crazy upside down world right now. <laughs> I uh, was a union organizer for nurses um, up until October of 2019. And then I went off to have uh, bilateral knee replacement surgery. Oh. And I never went back to an office. So I kind of still do contract negotiations for nurses where I'll uh, write contracts or negotiate for them. Uh, but I don't really do any sort of union organizing now. I primarily focused on the edibles business and being a caregiver for my five patients. Wow. So, so is that how you got into the edible game then is the, the so I, replacement and then moving into that? Yeah. So, so that's what really started the company. Uh, but I've been doing edibles my whole life. I mean, I remember making brownies uh, in Colorado when I was in college. And um, so I've been doing making edibles, not understanding how to dose them or anything like that my whole life. But when I went for knee replacement surgery, I knew I was going to recover on cannabis. Mm-hmm. I knew it. And, and I'm not, uh, we've just had a conversation about plants over pills and somehow... Mm-hmm. Sometimes that gets a little um, too much in your face. Like mm-hmm. Some people have to take pills to survive. So we can't always say, oh, plants are so much better. They are better. And I would recommend anybody recovering from knee replacement surgery on them. But I understand that everybody can't do that. So I was looking to recover. And I just couldn't find really medicinal edibles. Mm. Um, and so I thought, well... I have access to the raw product. Why don't I just do this? <laughs> and so I started, um, you know, I started making THC lean and I gave it away to uh, some people who are in the scene and they said, you really should do this. And so I started doing it, really doing it. Uh, I would say by 2020, spring of 2020, I had uh, some storefronts not my storefronts personally, but storefronts that were offering my products. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a it's a crazy thing um, to be. What do you have to do 
you to do this for medicinal? Because you said you kind of were using yourself as like a little experiment. Yeah. What did you have to do to like legally be able, or you're legally able to have patients and help them? I am. Yeah. So, so we have a great caregiver program here in Michigan. It's been around for a long time. Um, And we, we used to have what's, what's called a provisionary centers and therefore, they're the equivalent of a dispensary for recreational users. So medical users use provisionary centers and mm-hmm. recreational users use dispensaries. Okay. So my products are at provisionary centers because they're... Oh, okay. Now I get it. Yeah. Okay. So they're more on the medical side. So once we changed to being legalized, uh, you know, we started our, our regulatory system and so every seed gets tracked from seed to harvest and then where it goes. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not regulated like that because I carry a caregiver license. So fortunately, because that's a whole lot of regulations that I don't want to deal with. Mm-hmm. Marijuana is way overregulated. Yes. Uh, and it needs to stop because even um, alcohol is not that much, oh, is not regulated as much as cannabis is. Right. Do you think stop. that they're like keeping track of all the barley and the hops and everything they're using? Like, it's crazy. <laughs> it is so crazy. It's just, um, I know we're in uh, the infancy part of uh, a really uh, good cannabis industry, mm-hmm. you know, worldwide, mm-hmm. honestly, but here in Michigan, uh, in the United States, et cetera, et cetera. But I think we need to be careful about and conscientious about this industry and how it's going to manifest. Yeah, yeah. And I also think that, you know, it is for policymakers, drug policy reform advocates and affected communities all over the world uh, who are, see- they're just, you know, we have this question of like, how do we get cannabis to the people who need it right. without all this red tape? Uh-huh. Right. I'm in D.C. and I talk about this often. We kind of have a thing like Michigan. You know, we have dispensaries here. If you have a med card, you can go into certain ones. But we also have recreational use. But everything must be a gift. And so whenever we go to get weed in the city, it's always like a secret handshake sort of thing. We're we're looking at the brownies, but they're like, you want to buy this postcard for $50 and get this brownie for free? I'm like, well, like... Yeah, this is and they're crazy. It's so weird. Yeah, we we buy stickers. We have so much junk that we yeah. don't need because we yeah. have to get it to get yep. the weed. And like when you're handing things to each other, everyone's like, "You're not a cop, right? You're not a cop. Not a cop. This gift, 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 gift." And we're like, "Yes, <laughs> it's a gift. It's a gift. I get it. I get it." There I'm shouldn't sure. be this much paranoia about right. getting and and accessing medicine. There just shouldn't. I hate that. I, I have a lot of. A lot of folks approach me like that, like, mm-hmm. oh, what's the donation? Yeah. <laughs> Are you gifting those? And it's language we use, you know, I mean, to keep ourselves under the radar. Uh, but it's really unfortunate. Yeah. It's really unfortunate because a lot of people don't know the uh, intricate ways of having that conversation with someone. And all of those people are, are SOL as far as medicine goes because mm-hmm. they don't know how to talk the talk. So. Absolutely. I find myself when I'm in other states, like I just, I just go hog wild. The states, like when I go to California, I'm like, I'm buying weed. Yep. <laughs> Watch me. I'm on Instagram. Like, Come get me. It's not a gift. I paid for it. Like, I got fucking taxed to hell, but I got weed legally. So yes. I just, I can't wait until that happens. I know we're saying like, oh my no gosh. Amazon, but like, I'm going to stick to my Etsy weed. I'm going to, I'm going to go. You it. do that. Oh. Yes. I think if we all just think about supporting local, supporting mm-hmm. small, mm-hmm. Uh, being engaged in our community, I, those, I mean, I, that's the way I shop for anything. But people need to think about that because when Michigan went legal, we got we got an influx of California mm-hmm. people here. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yep. uh, to run the dispensaries. Mm-hmm. They're not, they're not committed to Michigan. They don't have a they don't have any skin in the game, as you say. It's not their communities they're going to ruin. It's not their land that they're going to environmentally devastate. Right. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm with you on this. Now, you mentioned RSO, and there's going to be some stoner lights who are listening who don't know what no. RSO, yeah. RSO is. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So RSO, FECO, it's called F-E-C-O, it's called 
uh, and they're pretty interchangeable terms. RSO was originally made with naphtha, uh, and current day practices we use mm-hmm. uh, either isopropyl alcohol or uh, a high uh, percentage alcohol, uh, drinking alcohol. So RSO is Rick Simpson oil, and Rick Simpson uh, had skin cancer, and he wanted to um, to prove that cannabis was good for cancer. And so he made Rick Simpson oil, and he ingested it, and he put it on his skin, and he cured himself of cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we all have uh, bene- benefited from his knowledge, um, and we use his recipe to create RSO or FICO today. Uh, it's wonderfully medicinal because it has all of the material of the plant in it. And it has all the cannabinoids and all the terpenes. And it's just, um, when I talk about distillate, distillate only has THC in it. RSO has CBG, CBN, CBC, CBA, CB. It just has CBD. It has all of the good medicinal cannabinoids that make make marijuana better mm-hmm. and this is what we we say this a lot because a, a ton of people only know like teach they only know weed and i try to tell people in the plant alone there's like 113 different cannabinoids, yeah. and mm-hmm. so rather than a solvent extract that strips those trichomes from the buds yeah rso is going to have everything just like you said it really it's going to have everything when i first learned what it was i met like an old stoner dude who was telling me about rick simpson and i was like mm. who's this and you know he was like he is a Canadian engineer and this dude is so <laughs> so off and he's and I'm like but what does it do and he's like honey what doesn't it do that's right what doesn't it do <laughs> I was like okay like I'm sold on it and oh uh, yeah every yeah. time I see it every time I see people mention it I never see anything negative mentioned about RSO which is interesting and so um, I think it's it's really a crucial ingredient in the treatment plans of patients across North America in general. Um, I agree. It does a I bunch agree. of stuff. Can you talk it about does. what it treats and what it helps? I know. Sure. Enough- yeah. So <clears throat> my mom just had her third bout of cancer, uh, breast cancer. Uh, she had breast cancer about 15 years ago in the right breast, and now she got it in the left breast this oh, past so summer. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so, so when you go through chemotherapy, it really makes you nauseated and sick and drained. And RSO can help chemo patients have an appetite, not feel so drained. Uh, symptoms. Yeah. So, so RSO, like cannabis, is uh, anti-inflammatory. It's an analgesic. It's a, um, it's a neuroprotective. Uh, has neuroprotective properties. Um, it, gosh, what can't RSO I, do? Man, what can it do? Like, it's just like, it all. It does. And it's just, um, it's really medicinal, but I'm telling anybody who's, who's going to go out and buy a grandma RSO, cause that's how they come. They come in syringes as grams. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't take the whole gram. Oh, Jesus, no. Seriously. Like, no. It's a rice size bit from the tip of the, the syringe. Um, and that will get you uh, very elevated. Oh, yes. It yeah. will get you very elevated. You don't need much of it. No. Um, and, yeah, we hope that our stoner lights listening. Like, if you go out and you want to try it, like, do it responsibly. Absolutely. We always try to tell you this. If you choose, I know you can also make it at home, right? Sorry, just took a, a big cup of coffee there. Um, yes, I make it at home. Um well, I mean, I have a professional kitchen, but I make it in a, um, I have a, a still, like one of those tabletop alcohol stills, uh, and that boils all the alcohol off and leaves me with the, with the RSO, and then I just put it over into a cup and put it on a cup warmer, and it does the rest of it. So yeah, it's very simple, and I encourage people to make their own. Um, you can tell, if you, there's videos online uh, that talk about how to tell when you've uh, gotten all the solvent off. Um, there's just a bunch. I mean, you can go to Rick Simpson's site and he has videos on how to make it. Oh, and, that's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we tried to make tinctures and edibles once and it went horribly wrong. 
<laughs> what went wrong, B? Everything tasted like alcohol. So we did oh, something wrong. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it wasn't purged. Yeah. yeah. And also know that it is extremely flammable. If you are yeah. trying to do this on your own, yeah. you want to burn off that, you know, that ethanol solvent, but that is very flammable. So don't be smoking. Don't get high around it. Like focus for this time. So that you be getting on the red Bali Kratom. I'm making edibles today. Woo-woo. So, um, and you can just source it from, from licensed dispensaries as well, right? Because you said mm-hmm. they sell it in like a grain. Yeah, or caregivers. Caregivers probably make the best RSO. They're it's, just really committed to it. Right? Uh, not from a caregiver. Okay. okay. Uh, in fact, we have uh, we have a, a group of caregivers who uh, collect a daily, not a daily pot, a monthly pot of RSO that we donate to cancer patients here oh, in Michigan. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So we even have caregivers that are... Um, that work in tandem with oncology teams, mm-hmm. uh, with the University of Michigan, uh, Michigan State University. Um, so it's, you know, it's pretty well known in Michigan that. Yeah. So you you're know, like truly a pioneer in starting to. <laughs> this is kind of cool. Yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, Michigan is just such a great it is. state for cannabis and I really want to keep it great. Well, first of all, we were a citizens-led initiative, mm. so no changes can be made to our marijuana program without the citizens voting on it. So that's a fabulous and fantastic thing right there because no rich white dudes get to take our, <laughs> away our pot. So. <laughs> that Bezos. Um, yes, yes, right? <laughs> no pot for you. I'm just angry. I'm just angry about it. Oh. <sighs> here it's about $70 a gram and what I understand is that if you're one if you're a patient you need about 60 grams of this and so that can cost you about $2,100 so I like the idea of getting it from caregivers like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so I'm going to tell you that I sell my RSO for 20 a gram oh my gosh yeah yeah so I mean that's just the benefit of a caregiver over a dispensary that makes sense yeah. How do, you, how do you use this? Because you mentioned, I know there's like two really common ways to use RSO. Yeah. So capsules and under the tongue are two different ways to use it. I, however, use RSO in my gummies. I use RSO in my honey. Mm-hmm. Um, I use RSO in chocolate. Chocolate and RSO go really well together. Mm-hmm. Um, Ooh, I need to think of that. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing because they both have those same medicinal properties that feel good, give you a warm fuzzies kind of. Yeah, so they work in conjunction with each other. I use it topically as well. I have. Yeah, like, yeah. And yeah. Yeah, I like it. I like it. And it's one of those things where there, there's a lot of other popular ways to address those internal conditions. Like if you're taking it for physical pain or you have immunity mm-hmm. conditions or other illnesses, it's best to ingest that RSO and mm-hmm. uh, so that way you can get that dosing right. And I know there's a little bit of a there's a little bit of a lean in here when you start. It requires a couple of weeks to acclimate to it right without intoxication. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it's going to be really overwhelming. If you're taking, if you're doing a, if you're doing the Rick Simpson treatment for cancer that goes over 90 days. Yeah. Oh, okay. You're going to have to, by the end of the 90 days, you're taking a gram a day. <laughs> and that's a whole lot of RSO. So what he does is he starts you out low and then he builds your tolerance up yeah. through that 90 days. So it's not like you go from a drop to a gram. Uh, in a week, yeah. the slow process that makes sense. for ninety days. And when you say rice grain, you mean like a literal, yeah, grain, a grain of rice, rice right? Yeah, sometimes comprehending that, right? Yeah, right. I mean it's it's really that's think about how you dab, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know any. I mean I do know people who take huge dabs, but mm-hmm. if you're just taking a regular size dab, it's about that size. You think about it. I don't think I've seen anybody take a regular size dab (laughs) in my entire life. 
I consider dabbing a gateway drug because I see people dab and like I when they used to give out free dabs at the pan, you know, before the pandemic, we would get free dabs in DC to come come by, come get your gift. Right. Um, and my gift is a dab. But like one little dab and I'm done. I'm buying all this shit. Like, like tons of, I'm like, no, I can't. Like, I don't know how you're doing that, but like, kudos to you. I'll see you. Uh, I'll see you in space because <laughs> pain free in space. <laughs> oh my gosh. Mm. So, um, June is Pride Month, and yes. it's the second one in a row here where Pride's going to look a little bit different or maybe a lot different. Yeah. Than we're used to. Mm-hmm. So, what's been your relationship with Pride? Yeah. So, I remember Pride when it was, what was it, Christopher Street Parade mm-hmm. in New York City? It's 1970, it started, I think. Mm-hmm. I used to teach um, theater at a theater camp in New York. Mm-hmm. So, I was in New York City every summer, all summer. Um, I actually taught in Binghamton, New York, which is about, I can't even remember, maybe two and a half hours from the city. So I would teach during the week and then go into the city and just have a really good time. And, uh, you know, Gay Street, Christopher Street, it's wonderful expressions of your gender and your sexuality and uh, somebody who came from a Midwest little podunk town I was just thrilled that people could express their sexuality in with such openness and paraded around town and I was like oh my lord so um, so I uh, was pretty heavily involved in the kink community as well Mm -hmm. Uh, my ex-husband and I owned um, a BDSM leather kind of shop and uh, we started a, a kink community educational seminar uh, in Denver, and it's held every year, um, every summer. And we get our first, the first one we had, which was in 1998, we had maybe 200 participants. By the time we left in 2005, and it's still going on today, uh, we had over 10,000 people attend. So, you know, I have been involved in the counterculture and advocacy for my whole adult life. And, um, you know, cannabis and pride sort of, they go hand in hand with me uh, because each each one of those individually uh, for my whole life was against the law. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. uh, and now there's this real sense of freedom and... Uh, mm-hmm. <sighs> I know, it's beautiful, isn't it? I love that yes. pride can look different in different places yeah. and... One of the main things that I, you know, I read a book called Out in the Country by Mary L. Gray. I love it. I loved it. It was a book of queer studies. And one of the main things it explored is that essentially that pride, as it looks in New York or D.C. or California or Denver or anywhere, um, it works in a certain way that queers in those spaces need. And maybe mm. the same model of pride is not appropriate for smaller towns in the South because mm-hmm. of what you know, the people there on the ground are trying to do in their own communities. And so I really like what you, what you just expressed. I like that pride wherever you are represents the community in that area. It's not going to look the same across the country or across the world. Agreed. Absolutely. I like that so much. Yeah. That's a, it's a really good way to think about it because I have been involved in pride and, you know, in many different, I'm San Francisco, New York City, mm-hmm. uh, Michigan. <laughs> in fact, in fact, in my hometown, which is uh, Muskegon, I actually live in Norton Shores, but Muskegon is the next big town over. Uh, and Muskegon had their very first Pride Festival wow. this year. This oh, fantastic. year, fantastic! Yeah, Yay, I'm getting yeah. For that. So, That's awesome. I yeah, I'm. I'm. Re- we have our very first um, openly gay mayor. So that was a really big deal for us. Yes. Really big deal. Did you attend the first Pride event or are you still? No, no, I was young. I was, uh, so I was born in 65. Not not the first Pride event ever in the world. (laughs) Yes, I absolutely did. It was last weekend. And yes, I went down on Saturday and had a a great time connecting with people. But no, I wasn't, 
wasn't old enough to go to the first one. Nor did I understand my sexuality and my he gender like, then. He doesn't believe that people even existed in old timey history. Nope. Right. <laughs> I existed in, in old time. I'll tell you, when I went to kindergarten, I had to wear a skirt. I couldn't wear pants to school. Oh, wow. That's, That's wild. Wild. Isn't it crazy? I mean, it's so crazy. Like, in my lifetime, abortion was legalized. And now it might and be taken back away. Taken back. It is in Oklahoma. Oh, in Texas too. Mm-hmm. It's just so crazy to me. We spend all this time, you know, if you are part of the counterculture, because I'm there, I'm all about the drug, sex, rock and roll. I'll push in any state I'm in. Mm-hmm. I love volunteering. I love yelling at things. So these are always uh, ways for me to help out. But like, I just, I don't want to see us go backwards. We've worked so hard to make these, these climbs to where we're getting to equality and we're getting to rights. And it's just sad to see it all kind of backslide. I completely agree. It's it's very sad, and I don't think people really understand. No. They don't understand. I mean, I maybe some people who are part of the community understand mm-hmm. where this slippery slope might lead us, yep. but not too many regular people <laughs> understand yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's going to happen. I don't know your experience uh, doing edibles in the cannabis industry and in Michigan, but mm-hmm. so far with like what I've done with genetics – Talking about Pride Month is still like people think you're virtue signaling and Mm -hmm. they feel like it's not something that you should be supporting in cannabis. I'm wondering if you're having that same experience with your company in Michigan or is it just because I'm in this weird land of Oklahoma? Yeah, I think I think probably it's because you're in a really weird land, although (laughs) Michigan is not far behind you in being a really weird land. Mm -hmm. I have been so out with my sexuality. Uh, I'm pretty in your face with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, online, I, I just, you know, I'm, I pretty, um, I'm pretty much out. And I think that 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 I that I, I have clients who are a part of our community because I'm so out, mm-hmm. and I'm very grateful for that. So no, I don't get a lot of pushback. What I get a lot of pushback about are unjust cannabis laws. Like you can't explain unjust cannabis laws to people who don't, mm. who aren't ready to hear it, I guess. And who aren't users or know people yeah. that use. Right. Yeah. Or who aren't black or a person right. of color or an LBGTQIA uh, or any of those other cultures. If you're, um, you know, if you're just a, and I don't mean to be harping on this, but if you're just a, a white male who exists in our society, you're not likely to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm married. I'm, I'm in an interracial relationship. My husband is a white male, a white English male. So Oh, English. Uh, very, very <laughs> white. And so lots of times we, we have these difficult conversations because sometimes I'm like, you just don't get it. Like you just, yeah. you haven't experienced it. You've not seen it. And it's even more odd to him here in America because he says like the all the injustices, all the racism. He's like, it's, I didn't realize it was so bad. And I'm like, yeah, oh yeah, it's bad here. And so you said like I'm out and I'm in your face, and I don't, I don't even think of it like that. You're authentic. Authentic, yes. Yeah, yeah. I guess you know, and I and I think that a part of that comes with my age and what I've gone through in my lifetime. Like, just it just feels um, freer in a way in my 50s than it didn't in my 40s or in my 30s or in my 20s. And I don't know if that's because of society or because of my own uh, coming to terms and acceptance of who I am. Uh, but either way, I am, um, I'm living very authentically in my 50s and I love life. <laughs> It is great. Yeah. Hiring. And I want people, I want all of our socialites who are listening to hear this because um, I don't know, it takes a lot of courage to get out there and be yourself. Even when other people are like telling you like being yourself is weird or not right. Or like uh, I grew up in a small little podunk town too, where it's like, oh, whatever you do, you're going to hell. You're getting tattoos, Mm -hmm. you're getting Mm -hmm. piercings, you're going to hell. And I'm like, well, I hope they got a front row seat because I'm Like, I'm ready. And so, like, get out there, live your life, be yourself. Don't let the haters hate. That's kind of where I'm at. Like, I'm with you in life. I'm I'm at my uh, don't give a 
motherfucking age right now. I've been crescending to this. Heck yes. And I I think the sooner we can push our uh, sisters to get to that (laughs) point, the happier we as women are going to be. I'm going to tell you that. Uh, um, I'm just done with society's constraints. Mm -hmm. I don't want to, I don't want to play that game anymore. Yeah. 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 But I think back to the, um, the statistics around the criminal aspect of cannabis are really frightening. Uh, and then when I, when I bring them up, uh, either online or with other companies, they Mm -hmm. tend to poo poo it, you know? Oh yeah. It's because of this, or it's because of that. No, it's because there is systemic racism happening (laughs) in our country. Uh, There's no other excuse for it. Um, So I I think that's the big thing for me, is is just trying to make people understand that pot smoking should not be criminalized like it is and has been. And uh, it especially hurts people of color, poor people, mm-hmm. um, and women. Yeah, and women. Yeah. So I, I love that you're out there like fighting the good fight for us. And I know that like based on what you look like, there are gonna be some people who do listen to you just because of how you look. And so yeah. I appreciate you using your platform for good. Yeah, yeah. I have a very mom image. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) it behooves me, believe me, I, uh, I will nurture this mom image for as long as I can. Because yeah. Like Brownie Mary she is, I'm telling you. I am like Brownie Mary. I was, I was in San Fran in the 90s when she was handing out her brownies. That's awesome. Yes. I, um, I also worked with the AIDS patients. I didn't create edibles for them, but, um, you know, being part of the kink community, yeah, AIDS was part of mm-hmm. our community uh, in a really big way. So, um, so between the kink and LBGTQIA uh, communities, I, you know, I was helping a lot of people in the 90s, for sure. That's sweet. That's awesome. Now, when you started your bakery, uh, was it always your vision for it to be like a community space that you wanted to welcome and be inclusive of everyone? Like, what was your vision when you started this? Yeah, absolutely. So I guess my vision when I started was to uh, help communicate uh, cannabis's positive attributes to people who had perhaps used cannabis uh, early on in their life, but didn't throughout their life and are now my age or older and needing medications more uh, for physical ailments and just sort of helping them to understand uh, that edibles are good you can, you don't have to smoke. If you've not smoked your whole life, you don't have to smoke to enjoy cannabis. You can do edibles just to help people get relief from cannabis was my goal. Uh, and to, and to an educational ways. Mm-hmm. So it's always sort of been my platform is education. Like I share my recipes, I share my ups and downs and trials and whatever works for me, I put it out there. Because uh, there can never be enough edible makers, ever. No, I Period. Agree. And there's lots of people who don't understand that. Just like you said, I have tons of friends who want to try it. And me too. Before mm-hmm. it was like, I didn't start... I didn't start using cannabis regularly until about eight or nine years ago because I could only get pop brownies that my friends made and they tasted yeah. like shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, Sorry, friends. It was like, smoke this spliff or this bong. And I was like, I have asthma. I don't want to smoke and I don't like these brownies. And now, like, the ability to be able to have gummies, gum, mm. tincture, brownies, Rice Krispie treats, cereal, like, it's you can you can put cannabis in anything nowadays like yes, chapstick you can. like soap, yes, you can. like I, I've, I've seen, seen it in toothpicks yes, yes i've seen that too and i'm like well that's a, so crazy you know like yeah. there's some real pioneers out there in this cannabis industry mm-hmm. yeah they are. Um, some, they're amazing people 
I'm I love it. I love the I always say this like stoners and people who love weed are we're fucking creative. So creative. <laughs> so I will like, say that. Yes, so creative. I've never met so many creative such a creative bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Like literally you can say online, "Oh, I need this graphics for whatever or I need a website." And people are like, "Heck yeah, I could do that. I can do it." Yeah. It's ah love it i'm really into i don't know if you've seen those dermal patches that you wear yeah like mary's oh, yeah i love those those mm-hmm. are like my favorite thing because it slowly releases yeah yep yeah she um she's using a dmso which is uh it's a it's a chemical that helps break the blood skin barrier mm-hmm. yeah i've used dmso in some topicals um but i've never done a patch love the patches i'm i have a lot of the cbd patches because i believe um papa and barkley have them and like shout out to them they have amazing products but like i like the patches because i can just wear it and i'm getting like a slow yeah even high all day yeah until it wears out so something to be said for that yeah 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 how are you promoting your your message out there to to people who are like looking for for caregivers and things like that how have you been able to uh, and i know you say you've been a part of the community for a while um but how do you promote that yeah how do you find patients patients? (laughs) how do we sign up yeah (laughs) what we're asking (laughs) i'm so sorry i'm full up but (laughs) um so so the caregiver program here in michigan is uh so it's it's basically word of mouth. You just sort of put out there that you're a caregiver. Like I would put out on pla- local platforms, social media platforms, that I was looking for uh, patients or uh, there would be patients looking for caregivers. There's a, Do you a mean bunch like, of a, like a local Facebook group or something like yeah, that? Yeah, like either that or Twitter or uh, IG. Um, some, there's some Discord um channels that are focused Damn. only on michigan cannabis mm-hmm. early everywhere she up and oh uh, yeah i know she is <laughs> she is i am i am it's uh, yeah yeah now, now i know like during quarantine like a lot of small businesses and home bakers began like mobilizing as a really small yeah. community how did that affect you and your ability to be a caregiver yeah so that was crazy because i didn't see patients for I didn't see patients face to face for almost a year because I was so scared. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have, I have a four-year-old uh, boy who has brain cancer. That's one of my patients. And then I have two others that have cancer. And so I just did, um, I would drive to their house and pop open the rear uh, trunk part, a cargo part of my uh, SUV and inside of that, I would have their meds put in a plastic bag, but I'd have gloves and wet wipes uh, so that they could take their meds out. Yeah. I didn't know any other way to do it, really. Um, and then I did a lot of uh, FaceTime with my patients. Um, so that was really difficult, but I also got a lot of new business during lockdown because people were home and they could yep. take an edible. Mm-hmm. I noticed uh, the I, same thing that like during lockdown, there was all of a sudden more growers. People had time. You betcha. Yeah. I am so happy that all those people started growing during mm-hmm. lockdown. Me too. Me too. <laughs> That's amazing. Everybody should grow cannabis. Everybody should do it. I was like, well, uh, if I'm here, so I use the most cannabis I've ever used in my life. <laughs> yeah. And part of it was I just didn't have to travel for work. Normally yeah. I'm traveling, I'm in the air, I'm going internationally. And yes. so I was I was homebound and I was like, oh my gosh. So I tried a lot of new edibles and places that I had never tried before because I just, I just could. I just had access and time. And so I know like you know god forbid like the the pandemic it was bad and it did have bad effects but one of the good side effects was people were forced to pause and really take care of themselves Mm -hmm. absolutely yes you have to sit still be quiet and listen to yourself for a while (laughs) 
You also found out if you really liked whoever you were partnering <laughs> with at the time. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. So part of my business is working with uh, couples, and let's just say a lot of people didn't make it through the pandemic. No. <laughs> I had a little kit that I like. I had a little email ready for people where I was like, "So you broke up during the pandemic?" Um, because it was just yeah, people were just realizing and had time to really sit and focus on their life, the people they were with. There were people who just weren't happy with themselves. Yeah, and- yeah, I need to make changes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a great reset, though. I was. I, oh, me too. I know everybody bitched and complained and moaned about it, but I was like, "Hello." I really enjoyed it too. I got to like yeah. connect on a deep level with my plants i feel yes. like we're like true friends now yeah uh, and i got um i got a pandemic dog so i had a puppy that whole pandemic Aww. and that was just fabulous oh that sounds um, horrible really i know right? <laughs> i got to love on a dog all day long yeah so yeah I, it was amazing for me it was amazing for my business um it was amazing for me personally and uh for my interpersonal relationships as well. Yeah. Are you making any pride themed bakery edibles or stuff right now? I, uh, so I'm doing some uh, pate de fruit, which is a fruit paste. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am doing that in rainbow colors. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. That was my munchie of the week. So that's what I was hoping you were going to ask. Me. Oh. <laughs> What's your what's your favorite thing to bake? People ask me this all the time. <laughs> I it's whatever new thing I've come up with, I think. I love uh to be creative. Just exploring new territory. Yeah, just figuring out if I can infuse that and what happens when I do this and I just, you know, I love I love um reading um ingredients and labels in candy stores uh find out what right now i'm like what (laughs) (laughs) i look at the package and i'm like oh they did a good job selling me on it bye Um, (laughs) (laughs) where do you get your inspiration for things to bake yeah so i do polls for my uh consumers my uh my customers Mm-hmm. And I ask, you know, like, what do you, what would you like to see me make? Um, I have uh, my two storefronts. Um, they will often ask me to create something specific, and I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, the actual store owner themselves, the provisioning. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. At the PC, yeah, yeah. So they will say, "Hmm, we're you know people." I think that's how I started making cookie dough, edible cookie dough. They were like. We're oh, getting that's creative. Like oh that. yeah, edible cookie dough is yummy. I cannot have that in my house. <laughs> that or my uh, sweet and spicy nuts. I can't have those in my house either. Oh, those sound fantastic. Oh, those are really fantastic. Yeah. What's the panic component in those? Uh, sugar. Ooh, mm-hmm. like- oh, and butter too. Yeah, sugar oh, and butter. Yeah. Oh, most of my um, in, most of my infusions are double or triple infused. So okay. that's why I infuse so many things like flour, sugar, salt, uh, butter, oils. So I try to layer infusions. I just think that you get a better experience that way. And then the things that you layered, they have like different... Uh, cannabinoids that you're using or different terpenes? Yeah, you betcha. So uh, my oil might have been from a Wookiee space cookie while um, my uh, butter is a twisted kush. Um, So yeah, there's all different cannabinoids in there, different uh, medicinal properties in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I really... I really hope that I get the chance to try something because I've drooled over like 
all your recipes and all your pictures. And I'm like, damn, Michigan is not a far drive from D.C. <sighs> um, so, like, I really I'm all about road trips. I'm all about meeting my my peeps that I I've, we've met several people who have been on the podcast. We've gone to California. We've gone to uh, Portland. We've met some people. And so we've gone to Florida. So I'm always down to meet people who we have met through this. And again, this even this podcast was created during the pandemic. So oh, that's amazing. Um, it's been a really great way, like Dee said, to connect with people and mm -hmm. really get to know people. Because um, I wouldn't have had time for this. I just would not right? have made time for this. So yeah. it's great. I know we talked a lot about your edibles, but I personally want to talk about the silly bars. The silly and the psilocybin, bars. Mm -hmm. um, because I don't know anything about it. <laughs> All I have is my, you know, Google searches. <laughs> and I really want to, I want to get into it because I have, I'm diagnosed PTSD yeah. and it is a therapy resistant. It and is. I want to try oh. something new to try and fix it. Yeah. Yeah. So microdosing would be a very good thing. Uh, yeah. It really helps with PTSD. Um, so I make, I probably make eight different psilocybin edibles, mm -hmm. maybe nine. Um, and they are, they vary from a microdose to a full on experience. So I microdose 0.25 grams every morning. Uh, I make um, a gummy uh, psilocybin gummy that has 0.25 uh, grams in it and then 25 milligrams of CBD. So I, f I microdose on that and that f makes me very happy. So when you take the microdose, mm -hmm. what are the effects from it? So a lot of people are like, well, I didn't feel anything. Okay. <laughs> You're not supposed to feel anything. To. Microdose. Yeah. Yep. People don't so, yeah, it's a, it's, so the way I explain it is when you microdose, it's just a, um, like centering yourself. It's mm -hmm. just, um, like breathing. Uh, it's, it's like taking a deep breath and letting it out. It's mm -hmm. just a very comforting, uh, happy sense of contentment. Yep. That's a great and that's kind of the way I explain microdosing it shut for me personally it shuts off the voices i constant conversations in my head yeah mm -hmm. uh and it'll shut it off shuts off those conversations so i can truly focus on myself on the self the id part of me mm -hmm. uh, and not the ego part of me which is all the voices talking ah you should be doing this ah you should be doing that you're not good enough at this you're not you know so um so I start people on microdosing three days off, three days on, uh, and then on a Sunday or a Saturday to do a full-on experience. Oh, that's more often than I would have thought. Okay. Yeah, well, so, but then I take a, a microdose every day. Okay. So I don't do don't three days off because I, I, and I don't know why this is, but I've never been able to create any sort of tolerance with edibles, my dose has always been 30 milligrams. It stayed at 30 milligrams for dozens of years. Uh, and with psilocybin, I'm finding the same thing, that I'm not developing a tolerance. So I'm able to take it every day. You the will. reason that you're supposed to not take it for three days is to, you know, reset yourself. And so you can take it and still feel the same way. I was going to say as well, people who build tolerances, they don't like I, I did an article for work a couple of years ago where I had to microdose on LSD um, <gasps> for a month. And that was awesome. I had a great experience. And yes. here in D.C., you know, mushrooms are legal. And so I can get the bars. They're very expensive um, for what they are. But for microdosing, anytime you're doing that, and like you said, you've been able to not build a tolerance because you don't use it to excess regularly. That's yeah. the issue with tolerance. Yeah. Um, yeah. People who do a lot and keep increasing that, it's like anything else. You're uh -huh. just you're just building that tolerance. And so that's why I'm even on a tea break now because I was like, oop, I'm getting to like 25 milligrams and I don't want to be yeah. too high. So yeah. Um, so yeah, you've got to take those breaks or you at least have to stay consistent in what you're doing. Like every now and then it's cool to get really stupid, but 
Um, it's cheaper mm-hmm. if you just. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it is. It's cheaper if you don't do that second dab yeah. in many ways. <laughs> so yeah. I have never done uh, psilocybin before. Yeah. And um, the full on experience. Is it like how I pictured it like Beavis and Butthead when they eat the peyote and I'm seeing like trails with my hands mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. monsters so, running around? What, what happens? No. So have you ever done LSD? No, 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 no. Okay. Have you ever done any psychedelics? Uh, psychedelics? Just a good old kratom weed lady. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, let's get you started on some psilocybin. So psilocybin is not. Um, so I rate, I rate it like this. I rate uh, DMT as the most psychedelic experience I've ever had, mm-hmm. then LSD, and then uh, psilocybin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and psilocybin is a very mellow, uh, four to six hour trip. Uh, it's a lot of a body, body high. Of course, there are like, you know, 200 cubensis, different strains of mushrooms that give mm-hmm. you different feelings uh and trailers and visuals and all that um but i usually work with obi-wan and uh la plus uh and sometimes golden teachers which are mushrooms that are uh intended uh for experiences uh that give you education or give you insight so though that's the kind of trip i'm looking for is an insightful trip where i learn about myself more intentionally tripping I'm very right and, and microdosing is intentional as well people mm-hmm. can't you can't just microdose and not do any other work right. <laughs> you can't do it you got to put the, all the work into it so you have to be intentional and mindful and mm-hmm. uh process try to think about processing things in different ways and mm-hmm. journal and i mean it's all part of a whole change yeah. Um, We're going to have to talk about this more. I think you might be my new therapist for real. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I will be your therapist. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's all great. And I think you've shown, you know, through chatting with us and telling us about it, you know, everything you're doing is about a celebration of life and helping people manage everything that they, they can within their own personal power. And yeah, that's a lot of what pride is about. That's why this month we're trying to celebrate, you know, yeah. being being deserving of being visible regardless of how or when you came out or whatever it is that you feel you want to express. It's it's really about just claiming this space and staying here. And I love that you have taken up your own space and made yourself visible. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. That, that's very kind. I appreciate that. Um and I want to just say to your listeners that it doesn't, it's not automatic that you end up mm-hmm. in a place like I am right now. It's a lot of life work yes. that's led me to this spot. And you too will get there. You too will get there. I promise. Life is sometimes very difficult and hard and, and strenuous and you just don't feel like doing it. But I promise you, if you put in the work, you'll get to a place where you are loving yourself and life and your community and yeah you'll get there well pearly we'd like to play our one little game before we wrap up yeah it's called would you rather i'm just gonna ask you a silly question (laughs) and you have to choose one of these okay Um, would you rather only eat square shaped food or only eat circle shaped food Square. Square. It has to come like that. It has to come like that. You can't be like taking circle things and trying to make it square. It's got to be. Yeah, no, square. I like corners. Oh, you like corners? Wow, that was. Love the corners. That yeah. was very. You were very adamant. You're like, oh, corners do it for me. Um, what? I, I still don't even understand the assignment. You're <laughs> crazy. She's on another level. She's like, I don't know. What are we talking about? What? <laughs> I can't even think of one square shaped food. <laughs> I mean, I like that pizza can be both. Pizza can Yes, be both. pizza can be both. Yeah. Did you have did you have a food that you instantly thought of when you're like corners give it to me? Yeah, I was thinking of Jets pizza with this. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then I said, corn, I like corners. And I don't actually like to be put in a corner. I like corners on pizza. <laughs> I, get it. I get it. I like this. I, I had it. I couldn't decide. So I'm going to let Pearly take this one. Um, <laughs> well, Pearly, thank you so much for being on the show. I loved it. Thank you for having me. Always welcome. Um, where can our Sternalites find you, bug you on the web, uh, follow you, all your media jazz? Give it to us. Absolutely. So I have a, a website, which is pearlybakeredibles.com. You can find me on Twitter, which is probably the platform I use the most, mm-hmm. at no not a net. But you can just do a search for Pearly Baker Edibles. That's, how, that's how I find you. Yeah. And I am also the Pearly Baker Edibles on IG. I, uh, I'm on a protest right now for IG. I apologize to all of my IG followers, but I cannot live uh, with the rules that they oh, have. Yep. I cannot deal with all of my followers being on IG and IG not wanting me to be there because they hate cannabis so i'm not going to give them the opportunity to use me or my followers for anything Mm -hmm. so until they change their minds about cannabis and update their community standards i probably won't go back that's fine i i like that uh and we're gonna put the links to all of this stuff here because we know we're stoners b where can our stoner lights find you on the web i am on facebook at wavy flower company ig wavy.flower.company and i have a website www.wavyflowercompany.com you also have a twitter presence now you brought me to twitter you did i did I love it. Twitter's and I, great. It is great. It, it has less rules. I feel like I can take my bra so off on Twitter. Right? <laughs> I love that. Yes. Yes. Let it all hang out. And guys, you know where you can find us on the web. We have a new digital crib at www.stonedinsocial, like rockandroll.com. Come hang out. Check us out on Instagram under the same handle. Send us your memes, your munchy ideas, or anything else that you think some stoner girls would find funny. Um, Otherwise, we will see you same time, same place next week. Don't forget, namaste, educated. Thanks, guys. (laughs) Bye. 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 Thank you.